You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. Have you, have you ever had a difference of opinion with another Christian? Okay, let me ask another question. We got that one clarified. Has that difference of opinion ended up in a disagreement or a heated debate? Okay, let's move on. Has that heated debate or disagreement caused you to judge them and even maybe questioned his or her standing with God? First service would never do that. Second service might. That's what we're going to be dealing with today in chapter 14. We will be learning about non-essentials, disputable matters, Opinions that Christians have which are not clearly defined teaching in Scripture. And believe me, these matters divide believers and these matters divide churches. We're going to look at the importance of living at peace with other Christians. One of the things the Lord has placed on my heart has been reaching out to area pastors and putting our differences aside and Letting the foundation of Christ being our Savior be the core. Jesus told his disciples that the sign of a believer would be that we would love one another. So I titled this message, A Matter of Conscience. And I could have titled it, A Matter of of Conviction. Because my convictions may not be your convictions. And as you're walking with God, you begin to understand that our convictions grow. And they they become shaped as the Holy Spirit works in our hearts. What troubles my conscience may not trouble your conscience. And what happens is that these can cause quarreling, disagreements, condemning, and then possible division. And I've seen it over and over and over in churches. It usually has to do with the culture that surrounds us and what we believe is acceptable and what we believe is pleasing to God. It also can be a tradition that you've been raised in and you have been taught a certain way and it may not be clearly defined in Scripture, but but you've been taught it and you believe it and It makes you convicted, it it makes your conscience grieved, um, and all kinds of different things. But what I really want for us to do, and I believe what 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 the Apostle Paul did in chapter 14, is he said, let's major on the majors and minor on the minors. In the Roman church, here was the issue. Diet and days. What foods were permissible for a Christian to eat. There's a lot of historical context. I'll be talking about that as we go through this message. 
Should believers eat meat or are they restricted to just vegetables? Are some days more holy than other days? We must remember as we've been going through Romans, there were some very rigid dietary laws and observance of special days that dominated Jewish thinking. The feast, were, they, that were the special days, and they, were, they dominated their thinking. They only ate kosher foods. They never ate pork. And so they troubled their conscience to be able to live in this kind of diet as they became Christians. Remember when Peter was sent to Cornelius' home? He said, I've never been into a Gentile's home, and, 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 and the Holy Spirit showed him what I have made clean is clean, and he showed him all kinds of food on a, on a sheet, on a blanket. He said, what I have made clean is clean. But how many people struggle? Just like Peter, I think many of us struggle with different things because our conscience doesn't let us. The Bible speaks very clearly about that and how we're supposed to move forward. The pagans, they offered meat to idols, to false gods, as you read in 1 Corinthians. And so this helps us to understand the background of what we're going to be reading today. And I've put together six points, which I pray will help us understand this subject more clearly. And I hope and pray that as we leave here today, we will have a greater appreciation for the grace of Christ and be able to love other Christians despite our minor differences. So let's pray before we go, go to these, this first point. Father, thank you for bringing us together this first service. As always, we seek your will, your guidance, your voice to speak through your, through your, through your word. And as you use me as a vessel, Lord God, I just pray that everything I say will glorify you. The things that I've prepared, I, I pray that they will come, very, come out very clearly, very intelligible to the listener, Lord God. And the things that I haven't prepared, that you, Holy Spirit, will just have me speak things that will be impactful and will glorify your name, the name of Jesus. So we pray this in, in, in his name, and all of God's people said, amen. amen. So we're going to be going through, the, through chapter 14 with each point. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But in each point, I'm going to be addressing different things. So point number one is this. God welcomes the weak and strong alike. And what I mean by this is God welcomes those who are weak or strong in their convictions equally. God welcomes those who are strong or weak in their, um, um, not only their convictions, but in their conscience equally. He does not look down on either. And that's why Paul starts out his very first uh, sentence. He says, except the, the one whose faith is weak, without quarreling over disputable matters. One person's faith allows them to eat anything. But another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. That tells us right there that there was a problem going on in the church. Some were only eating vegetables. And they weren't eating vegetables because they wanted to be vegetarians. They were eating vegetables because the meat 
Either they were Jews, and the Jews were just kosher meat, you know, and the Gentiles, they, they had another problem, and that was that they used to worship by offering meats and sacrifices to pagan gods. So meat made them have a very, very strong conviction problem. So he says one person's faith allows them to eat anything, but another whose faith is weak eats only vegetables. The one who eats everything must not treat with contempt the one who does not. And the one who does not eat everything must not judge the one who does, for God has accepted them. Disputable matters are simply those things that are disputable because they are not clearly spelled out in the scriptures. There are some things that are not very clear in the scriptures. And people make those the major instead of making them the minor. Are you with me? Don't let these things become, become something you argue about. It's not worth it. Okay? In this context, some thoughts, uh, some thought that eating meat was sin and it, it violated their conscience. They had a weak conscience. They also thought that some days were more holy than others. Others, other people, were convinced that eating meat with thanksgiving to God, whatever type, was fully acceptable and pleasing to God. They had a strong conscience. They were convinced that every day was the Lord's. In other words, special, they didn't believe in all these special days. They said every day is special because Jesus is Lord over every day. But there were some people that had a conviction that were, there were some days that were more holy than other days. Does that ever happen in modern times? Oh, yeah. What the Bible teaches us is that no matter where you are, whether your conscience is weak or whether your conscience is strong, you are accepted by God. I think that's the key right there for us to grab a hold of. No matter where people are in their walk with Jesus, they are accepted by God, and so we should always be thinking we need to love them where they're at. Progressively, our convictions and our faith are established by God. In other words, as I have been walking with Jesus for 19 years, the things that I was convicted in before have progressively changed because of my position in Christ. Not that I will ever sin against God, but not majoring on the minors. Are you with me? How many people live their life so uh, bound because when they do something, they feel that they've, they've sinned against God, that they've done these, these things, and God could never accept them. Beloved, Jesus accepts you where you're at, and your convictions will continually change as he's placing, as you're walking in the, in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Are you with me? I'm going to talk about a lot of different things as we're going through this, so I don't want to get ahead of myself because I want to say something, but I need to wait. I love the way that St. Augustine put it. On one side of the fence, he's St. Augustine. On the other side of the fence, he's St. Augustine. Augustine okay? He put it this way. He said, in essentials, we need unity. In non-essentials, we need liberty. But in all things, we need love or charity. And that means grace. Okay? In other words, don't budge on the essentials. This, these are the things that we never budge on. Number one, we believe in one true God who exists in three persons. That's the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We believe in Christ's deity and his humanity. 
Jesus Christ was fully God, but he was fully man. We believe in the virgin birth. We believe that we are sinners in need of God's mercy. We believe that Christ died on the cross and rose bodily from the grave for our sins. And we believe that faith in Christ is absolutely positively needed for our salvation. We don't budge on that. We, we don't move. That's an essential of our faith. But eating meat and observing holy days is not an essential. Let me throw another one in, because I know, and please don't get mad at me. Meeting on Sunday morning is not an essential. But it's great to meet on the first day of the week, amen? There's biblical, there's biblical explanations of why we do, but if we have a Saturday night service, are you condemned? There's those that may think so. Amen? Because they've been fixed on a different way of thinking. I'm going to go into more, more things a little bit later. Okay. Point number two. God alone is the ultimate judge of everyone. Paul goes on to write, Who are you to judge someone else's servant? To their own master, to their own master, servant stand or fall, and they will stand, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Now he's talking to people that were judging each other, that were saying, you guys are wrong, what you're doing is not for God, you're not accepted by God because of the way you're living, you're eating meat, I can't believe you ate meat. And the ones that weren't eating meat, they were, putting, they were, they were throwing it in their faces instead of them being loving they were throwing it in their faces. Oh, look at me. I'm eating some meat. You want some chicharrones? Pork? <laughs> Pork rinds? <laughs> you know, telling, you think about telling a Jewish person that. You want some pork rinds? That ain't love. And I know ain't is a word, but ain't a word, but you know. <laughs> it ain't love. So when we think about the historical context, let's think about the historical context. Here Paul's writing, to them that meant something when he's saying that, why do you judge someone else's servant? He, that meant something to them because in the historical context, there were servants all around. Some of the people that were in the church were slaves. And they understood that no one told them what to do except their who? Their master. It just didn't happen. It would be crazy for a person to go and condemn another person's servant. It just did not happen. And when we look at it in modern times, God's not done with each of us, and he's able to make us stand. You don't, it's amazing how people will judge people in the church. And it's, and it's okay for us, now, let, let, me, let me say something, it's okay for us to stand with someone and to come alongside and to say, you know what, what you're doing is going to lead you down a road that's going to destroy you. It's okay to say things when we need to call sin, sin. But we're not called to judge people where they're at and condemn them because God's not done with any one of us. And that's exactly what the Apostle Paul was leading them. It, Christians are called to come alongside and help our brothers and sisters and even to encourage them to stay on the path of faith.
to stay on the path of faith in Christ that he's not done with any one of us. We had one of the best elders meetings we've ever had this past week. And what it had to do with was transparency. It's every elder coming together and saying, this is where I'm at. And can I tell you what happened? The Lord lifted the heaviness and the false expectations that people have and that we have on ourselves. Point number three. Whatever the strong or weak do, or whatever they refrain from doing, they do so as unto the Lord. The Jewish believers, let's think about the historical context. As Paul is writing at that time to that audience, there were believers that came out of Judaism, and then there were the Gentiles. The Jewish believers came to Christ with Old Testament convictions. All they knew was the Torah, the Pentateuch. They knew the Old Testament, the law. Many of the Gentiles did not have the same convictions. Their consciences were at different places. And so Paul continues to write. He said this. He said, in the same way, some think one day is more holy than another day. While others think every day is alike. That's a difference between a Jewish mindset and a Gentile mindset. You should each be fully convinced that whichever day you choose is acceptable. Those who worship the Lord on a special day do it to honor him. Those who eat any kind of food do so to honor the Lord, since they give thanks to God before eating. And those who refuse to eat certain foods also want to please the Lord and give thanks to God. For we don't live for ourselves or die for ourselves. That's a pretty good point. If we live, it's to honor the Lord. And if we die, it's to honor the Lord. How many of us want to die in Christ? It's our only hope. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. Christ died and he rose again for this very purpose, to be Lord both of the living and of the dead. Isn't it amazing how he brings the power of the resurrection into this topic? We serve a living Savior, and he accepted us wherever we're at, whether our convictions are strong or they're weak. Notice that Paul does not condemn either. He doesn't condemn those that have a weak conscience. He doesn't condemn those that have a strong conscience. He just states, be convinced in your own mind and in your heart, and whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. So if you're in here today and, and if you're uh, not partaking of certain things because you believe that that goes against your convictions, don't do it and honor God not doing it. And if there's some things that you're doing that people may disagree with and, and you're doing it to honor God, and that's an important thing, you're doing it to honor God, do it as if you're honoring God. He reveals that love is the right choice. Love people where their convictions are. Many people in the church today have been raised with certain convictions, maybe of years past. For example, did you know that women wearing dresses 
was very prominent in years past, our church would probably be condemned by some because there's women in our church that wear jeans. In the past, there were men wearing suit and ties to church. Pastor Bob has many stories that he's told me that there, it would be, it would be um, blasphemous for a preacher to preach without a suit. In years past, true or not? Is that an essential or a non-essential? Now, what shaped that? The culture, because think about it, the culture wherever you were at and you had to wear suits, that's not even biblical because if we were being biblical, we would all wear gowns. Everyone be wearing a dress. Could you see Mike Bonner with a dress? That'd be a sight for sore eyes. Or that'd be a sight that would make sore eyes. Hey, oh, I shouldn't have started anything. How about, a, how about a particular Bible translation only? There are some churches where there's only one translation. That is the translation. Are we going back to the Greek? But there's, you've been shaped that way. Church services should only be on Sunday, Sunday morning. There, there is a mindset where, where people have been shaped in that way, and that is, to them, they think that is biblical. And it is to a point. Because for us to say that believers did not meet on any other day than Sunday, I don't think that that's in the Scriptures. Are you with me? The list goes on and on. Many in the church, many that come into our church have no church background. And so their conscience is at a different place. Many in our church, when the way that they dress is the way that they've lived. And that's okay. We receive them where they're at. In time, the Holy Spirit begins to work on their hearts and they begin to cover themselves a little bit more. Are you with me? But we don't condemn them where they're at. People come with different lifestyles and they, <laughs> amen? And we receive them where they're at because that's where Christ receives them. And their, their convictions, their, their conscience begins to be moved by the Holy Spirit. But the, the Lord never condemns you. He shapes you. He moves you into a different lifestyle, into a different mindset. Here's my question. Can a lady who wears pants love the Lord? Can a man who wears jeans be a lover of God? Can a man who wears shorts to church love Jesus? Can the Lord be worshipped on a Friday or Saturday night? And yet those who wear jeans, we should never use our liberty to hurt others who don't. In other words, if I was invited to a church where they don't wear jeans, I would probably, if I was walking in love, I would probably say, what, what is your attire? What's the culture? 
And I would try to shape myself because of love, not because I have to, but because we want to be loving. Point number four. Each believer is directly accountable to the Lord. Each believer is not accountable to a board. Now, you need to submit to your, yourself to the authority of the church. Yeah. But you're not going to be accountable to them for your salvation. We're all going to come before God. There's an important principle here. First, if we are the Lord's, we are family, and we should welcome each other as family. Are you with me? If you're in the kingdom of God, we're family. And I started thinking about this, and I started thinking about my biological siblings, and I was, we're very different. My two brothers, they rode Harleys, and they grew beards, and I love golf and don't ride a Harley. And they hate golf. And the way I played last week, I hate golf too. <laughs> I better pick up a Harley. But to this day, we still welcome each other, and we have many differences. In fact, one of my brothers, need, he's, not walk, he's not walking with God. My other brother accepted Christ, but he's not there. But one of them doesn't know God at all. But can I tell you, but to this day, we welcome each other. And can I say this? I love those guys. How much more should the family of God be? We're family. Look at how Paul put it. He said, you then, why do you judge your brother or sister? Why do you, that, that word judge means condemn. Why do you condemn your brother or sister? Why do you treat them with contempt? In other words, why do you use your, your, your freedom to, to abuse it and to abuse them? The two opposites of the coin. For we will all stand before God's judgment seat as it is written, as surely as I li live, says the Lord, every knee will bow before me, every tongue will acknowledge God. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. I will not give an account for Pastor Bob. I will give an account for Pastor James. I am, a, I am a teacher, I am a pastor, I'm a shepherd leading the flock, but you will not give an account to me. You're going to give an account to God. Someone called me yesterday for some, for some uh, marital counseling, and we were talking, and I, and I said, I'm going to tell you what the Bible says. I'm going to tell you what I believe that, that the Lord would have you hear. I said, but it doesn't mean you're going to listen to me. But it's not me that you need to listen to, it's God. Because we're all accountable to God. We welcome the weak in conscience because he or she is our brother. We welcome the strong in conscience because they are our brother and our sister. We welcome him or her because we will stand before God and we will all give account of our judgments. In fact, the Bible says, by the way that you judge, that's the way that you're going to be judged. If you judge people, if you're condemning people with whatever way that you're condemning them, you will be judged that way. Jesus told the Pharisees, you're a bunch of whitewashed walls. On the outside, you look really nice, but on the inside, there's a lot of stuff. And that's what we need to be so careful for, is that we don't judge with the judgment of man 
but that we judge with the judgment of God, and God's judgment is right there. God took our condemnation, and he gave us grace. I am feeling the Lord. (laughs) Number five, don't be a hater. That's a simple one. Don't be, simply, don't be hating. Galatians puts it like this before we go into the Romans text. Galatians says, if you bite and you devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. The Bible reveals that we can be our worst enemies. And think about the context. The weak, in, the weak in conscience or the weak in faith, they thought that eating certain foods or not observing special days was going to hinder their relationship with God. And then those that had a strong conviction or a strong conscience, they thought that, it, that whatever you ate, they were convinced that diet would not determine their relationship with God. Are you with me? They thought that every day is a day unto the Lord. But here's what, 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 the, what the Bible teaches. Why would you use your liberty as a stumbling block? Why why would we use the things that we've been freed in as far as religious uh, kind of mentality that rules and regulations are going to make us better with God, which it never does, beloved. Let me just say that. The the Romans has been very, very uh, strong on that fact. But why would we use it against someone instead of coming alongside and loving them where they're at? And if they're convicted in a very strong way, then love them right there where they're at and don't do something to hinder them. Paul goes on to write, let's stop condemning each other. Decide instead to live in such a way that you will not cause another believer to stumble and fall. I know I am convinced on the authority of the Lord Jesus that no food in and of itself is wrong to eat. But, Paul said, if someone believes it is wrong, then for that person it is wrong. And if another believer is distressed by what you eat, you are not acting in love if you eat it. Don't let your eating ruin someone for whom Christ died. Then you will not be criticized for doing something you believe is good, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. If you serve Christ with this attitude, you will please God and others will approve of you. Can I tell you something? If we become a church that put the love of God first and not the condemnation that comes from the devil first or the flesh, we'll honor the Lord. I always think about it this way. Let's be a part of God's construction crew, not be a part of the devil's destruction. 
The Bible teaches us that we are not to violate someone's conscience because of our liberty. Anything in our life that can cause a person to stumble, even if it does not make you stumble, love says be careful. We're going to talk about something in the next point, which I think is very, it, it, it's, it's, it's so needed in our, modern, in our modern culture. Point number six, strive for peace and building each other up. This goal should be, or this should be our goal in everything. In fact, if we strive for this, our church will be pretty healthy. I think our church is healthy, by the way. The, the, uh, Ephesians 4.3 puts it like this. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. That's a life verse right there. Strive for unity. So, so Romans 14, it ends this way. It says, so then let us aim for harmony in the church and try to build each other up. Don't tear apart the work of God over what you eat. Remember, all foods are acceptable, but it is wrong to eat something if it makes another person stumble. Boy, the Lord's just really speaking to me right now. Because sometimes in our freedom, sometimes we hurt people where they're at because if we just put it in their face, just because. Well, I'm free. I can, I can you know, I'm free. I can wear jeans. I can, you know, I can even wear jeans with, with remember when I had those with holes? You know, that might have hurt someone. And if I'm doing it just to put it in their face, then I need to really think about it. Am I walking in love? I'm confessing my sin to you. Now confess your sin to me. He says, um, it's better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it causes another believer to stumble. Now let's look at that, those words. That's important right there. It's important. It is better for... For it's better not to eat meat or drink wine or do anything else if it may cause another believer to stumble. That tells us that in the early church, people were eating meat and they were drinking wine. And people in the modern church, they're eating meat and they're drinking wine. And let me say that, that wine, if it is not a problem in your walk, it's, it's, then it's not a problem in, in, your, in the church. It's not a problem with, with, with the Lord. But if it's a problem for someone else, and they, maybe they're an alcoholic, then it's better to refrain from that in their presence. Are you with me? If someone has a... Has, boy, boy, PJ. Woo. I got to say it because it's biblical. If someone has a beer with a steak at their house and the, him, him and his wife enjoy that, there's nothing wrong with that if, you do, if that does not cause you to dishonor God. But if it causes you to not stop at one or two or three or four and then, and then you dishonor God with your lifestyle, then it's probably not good for you. Are you with me? You see, 19 years ago when I stopped drinking Beer is because I never stopped with one or two. 
You may believe that there's nothing wrong with what you are doing, but keep it between yourself and God. Isn't that an amazing principle right there? Blessed are those who don't feel guilty for doing something they've decided is right. I mean, whatever you're doing, if it honors God and you've decided that it's right, it honors God. But if you have doubts, and I underlined on mine, if you have doubts about whether or not you should eat something, you are sinning if you go ahead and do it. For you are not following what? Your convictions. If you do anything you believe is not right, then you are sinning. Are you, th does that kind of help us right there? If you do anything that you believe is not right, then it becomes a sin. Because you're violating the convictions that the Holy Spirit is giving us. I'm closing now. It teaches us that love is not self-centered or self-gratifying. It teaches us that our brothers and sisters are more important than food or drink. Food or drink are not the issue. We can eat and drink at home. The issue is conscience and causing someone else to violate their conscience. Boy, it's quiet in here. And everyone is so attentive. Here, here's my prayer. I'm closing now. I'm, I'm going to close in prayer. Here's my prayer. I'm, 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 I'm praying that every one of us in here will understand how important the love of God is and the grace of God and how in our freedom, in whatever we're doing, that we will not violate someone else's conscience. I'm praying that even in our, in our convictions, we have, maybe we have convictions that we don't do certain things and that we do uphold to, to some special days or things like that. And there's nothing wrong with that. The Bible says if that's where you're at, that's where you're at. But here's what I would say. Don't judge those that believe that they have freedom in Christ to do other things. Wherever we're at, let's honor God. This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.